Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Gotta love it. That was a little Tony Joe White. Who is your hoodoo who? A hoodoo you, excuse me. Who is going to hoodoo you? Tony Joe White. I don't know. We're going off the beaten path today. It's almost the holidays. Loving it. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for following along, hanging out with us uh, here on your Wednesday, Thanksgiving, just around the corner. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Talked FCS playoffs with Sam Herter of Hero Sports. Talked Bobcat football and FCS playoffs with Ty Gregorak, longtime Big Sky Conference coach. Gave you an update on Grizz hockey and learned about Sugar Ray Robinson as part of Wing It Wednesday. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by uh, the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula coming up right now. First, a volleyball update. Uh, University of Montana lost to Sac State earlier today in the uh, Big Sky Conference tournament. Also, Northern Colorado beat Idaho State uh, in the Big Sky Conference tournament. That was the one versus the eight, so not uh, that surprising there. And uh, I think that's it in terms of final results so far. Uh, Bummer for... The Grizz volleyball team only because uh, it was a historic year for them. Um, shows you how far away they are that uh, a fifth place, a fifth seed in the tournament was a historic year. But that's certainly better than uh, than what they have been uh, in the past. Dallas and Lawrence deserving of conference coach of the year. Uh, ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Need a place to watch the FCS playoffs on Saturday. They'll have all the Big Sky games on, including the Grizz game at 8 p.m., and if you go watch the Grizz game at Paradise Falls on Saturday night, they'll have food and drink specials down there. Uh, it's located at 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Uh, we're going to play a little game here. So we only have about 14 minutes uh, to play a game. So Andrew and I are going to play a game. And Andrew, basically, here's how the game works. We are going to analyze this all-big-sky list. I'm not going to go through it whatsoever. If you want to uh, see the the main news points of this, keep listening. We have it all listed out in our sports center. Brent Vegan was the coach of the year for Montana State, uh, as long with Troy Taylor. Uh, And then you can hear all the rest of it on the sports center. You had six Grizzlies as first-team all-big-sky picks, four Bobcats, nine Sac State Hornets. Uh, But basically, here's what you get, Andrew. You get 90 seconds. Uh, and it doesn't matter if we go back and forth or not. We're going to spend 90 seconds on each different topic, and I'll tell you when we get a ding uh, on the end of that topic so that we can get to as many slights or overrated or underrated. Uh, I'll go first. I guarantee you, you know where I'm going to start. My number one beef with the first-team All-Big Sky list is that Montana State has the most prolific rushing offense of any team I've ever covered. They are second in the country in rushing yards per game. They uh, only are rushing for less yards per game than one team, and that's a triple option team. They're also averaging almost seven yards per carry for the season. 
I think that's one thing that went by the wayside in that Bobcat Grizz game on Saturday. The Cats rushed for a lot of yards, but they it's just because they rushed a lot of times. They've been averaging that many yards per carry for the whole year, and all they do is is run the ball. Now, I understand why there wasn't any of the ball carriers on the first team because they have seven of them that have been really, really good, whether it's two quarterbacks or a variety of guys playing running back or even a receiver turned running back in Marky Johnson. I get all that. But the most consistent unit in the league, the most consistent and uh, probably the most surprising unit in the league is Montana State's offensive line. And they did not have a first-team all-league offensive lineman. Rush Reimer was second-team, JT Reed was uh, third-team, and Justice Perkins was Honorable mention, I think all three of those guys got snubbed. I think all three of them could have been one notch up from what they were. Yeah, it's a snub, Coulter. I can't sit here and and promise you that I've evaluated all the different offensive linemen across the league. I'm sure it could be possible that there are five different individual offensive linemen at each of those positions that are each just individually better than those Montana State guys. To me, it doesn't matter, right, Coulter? It's all about what the unit does. What Montana State's offensive line this year has has been special because they've had to deal with the injuries. Uh, they've, you know, as Bobby Houck and Robbie Houck and even Brent Vegan a little bit said Saturday, they can't throw it. Everybody knows they can't throw it, and yet they're still racking up those <laughs> rushing numbers. Give the unit some love, right? Yeah, for sure, 100%. I think part of it was just a seniority deal because you saw the first-team guys pretty much were all seniors. So maybe, and, and I guess Hunter McGinnis is a junior, but upper class would be sure all the Bobcats underclass. Okay, that's time. Next. What do you got? Well, I guess the one that stuck out to me, Coulter, was the defensive MVP coming from Sacramento State. Yeah. Uh, Marte Mapu, who's a nickelback. He was actually listed on the first team all-conference as an outside linebacker. Uh, for me, Coulter, and this was a weird year. Patrick O'Connell, right, got hurt. Yeah. Missed three, three games in there, I think. He was the guy who was the preseason all-conference guy. Not a clear-cut winner this year, right? I yep. could see arguments for a lot of different players. Not sure Marte Mapu is one of them for a number of reasons. I totally agree. Uh, as I put on Twitter, uh, I think Mapu is a good player. I think he's a, he's, he's a great player. I think he's the catalyst for everything Sac State does defensively. But Sac State doesn't win football games with their defense. Their defense is, is fine. It's It's good. But it's not great, and they're also not winning with their with their defense. They're winning with their offense. And so, you know, Cameron Scadaboo would be an offensive MVP. Totally agree with that. And, you know, the Grizz were disappointing this year for sure. Idaho uh, stubbed their toe down the stretch, but they still got in the playoffs. And Weber State, they play such a, a balanced style that it's hard to pick out an individual. But Weber State, Montana, and Idaho are all into the FCS playoffs by winning with their defense. So I think that that's a little bit frustrating as well. I think there was a lot of stuff like that that was just sort of on its head. Yeah, Coulter, I guess the one thing that really annoys me with this selection, right, is that these these awards are a record of what happened in the league this year, right? Yep. When we look back at this, this is something that we do so well at Skyline Sports and as well as here at ESPN Radio is just preserving the history of the conference and what yeah. happened in a given year. When we look back on this year... I mean, this was the year that, you know, Patrick O'Connell was a senior. Weber State had one of the best defenses in the country. Idaho returned to national prominence or at least national relevance behind the defense. Well, if you look at the individual awards for this season, none of that would be recognized. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Okay, next. 
Um, I, I don't know what to do about this, but I did think it was very funny that the Bobcat defense this year uh, was up and down. They certainly had a, a couple stellar individuals, and all three of those stellar individuals landed on the first-team All-League defense. Callahan O'Reilly, who I absolutely would have had as, as a first-team All-League uh, inside linebacker, I think what he does and his ability to take the ball away, I think he's been a, had a hand in eight takeaways so far this year already. Brody Greeby, who would have had uh, probably 10 sacks this year if the Big Sky Conference knew how to call a hold. Complete side note, Montana State has had one hold called against it so far this year. That's crazy. That's a crazy stat. Only a crazy fan on a message board would find that stat, but I confirm that stat. That's a real stat. Brody Gruby got held a whole bunch of times. Regardless, first-team All-League defensive end and uh, Sebastian Valdez, also fully deserving being a first-team All-League defensive tackle. All that said, the Cats are averaging 48 points per game. They're the best offense in the United States. They have the best scoring offense in FCS football. They landed one guy, that's tight end Derek Snell, who landed on the first-team All-League offense as a fullback. Again, I don't know how to remedy this because I understand that they spread the ball all the way around. I just thought it was crazy that the Cats, all of their All-Big Sky selections, were nobody that really touches the ball that much. Well, it just goes back to the offensive line issue, right, Coulter? And I think we would have seen... I think I think the quarterback splitting time in both Sean Chambers and Tommy Malott missing time with an injury... Uh, probably contributed to that because that first-team quarterback spot with Miles Hastings of UC Davis is a little bit soft there. Hastings is a really good player. When you think about a first-team all-big-sky quarterback, not exactly the guy that you think of. Malat was on second team. I don't know. Maybe if he hadn't missed that time in the middle of the season, maybe he's making it on there. Uh, And then, of course, the point that you made about the offensive line as well. But I think, you know, all three of those Montana State Bobcat guys on defense certainly deserved it. So it's not an issue there either. I mean, all three of those guys deserved it. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls is a great place to gather with family and friends. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus a variety of different happy hours. They have a morning happy hour now, plus uh, a standard happy hour in the early evening and a late night happy hour as well. So go check out Paradise Falls. Um, all right, what what other beefs do you have? Well, let's step away from the beef here as we're still concentrating on the first team. How about a shout-out for the coaches picking this team, uh, getting all three of the best cornerbacks in the league, I think, on this team. Uh-huh. I was worried that either Justin Ford would get left off or that one of Weber State's great shutdown guys, Eddie Heckard or yep. Maxwell Anderson, would get left off the first team when all three of those guys have been three of the best defensive players in the league. I mean, Justin Ford, what else can you say about him? Didn't have the numbers this year, but he's still one of the best cornerbacks in the country. All-American type player. And then Heckard and Anderson are so crucial to what Weber State does on defense because they're playing so much man coverage. Both of those guys were really impressive when I watched Weber State against Montana State and certainly against Montana as well. Anderson started off the season really hot. I think he had five interceptions in his first six games. Cooled down a little bit after that. But again, this is a position that's kind of tough to evaluate, but I thought all three of those guys were head and shoulders above everybody else in the league, and I'm really happy they got all three of them on the first team. Good one. The uh, I actually thought the first team was was pretty good. Again, I totally understand the why is why Montana State didn't have more selections on that first team offense. Um, I also was a little surprised that the Grizz had six players land on there, but it's 
impossible to argue against Alex Gubner. I think he's definitely the one uh, A or one B in terms of the interior guys uh, on the defensive line. Patrick O'Connell is absolutely uh, the best edge guy in the league, and, and when he's healthy in the country, Justin Ford is absolutely one of, if not the best corners in the country. And Patrick Warbach, the freshman punter, absolutely one of the best punters in the country. I thought, and you know, how could you ever not have uh, Malik Flowers somewhere up there, right? But I, I guess Flowers fell to second team kick returner. Um, probably the one guy that I wouldn't have had on my first team is Robbie Houck. And I know that he's gotten a lot of accolades and he's sort of been slotted as preseason everything. And so then he has a lot of momentum to get postseason everything. Uh, but I probably wouldn't have Robbie Houck up there. But I do think it's a little indicative. I always prioritize when we make these teams between ourselves, Andrew, and we do it podcast style or in print or whatever, I always put a huge priority on teams that win. And when you look at these this first team, All Big Sky, there's no one on this team that's not from one of the playoff teams with the exception of Tyson Pauling, who joined us on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast earlier this year. Great kid, really smart, articulate guy, and a guy that's been sort of a stalwart there at Portland State. But other than that, every single one of these guys from Weaver State, Montana, Montana State, Idaho, um, and, and UC Davis, I guess, is not the a Davis playoff guys, team. But that's a separate conversation, but, right? But they, but they are a winning team, at least, and they have good talent. So I do like that they put a high priority on winning. Yeah, that's right. I think talking about uh, what you were talking about with Montana having all these guys on the first team, it's really emblematic of sort of what the issues have been with the Montana Grizzlies this season, right? Their stars have performed. The guys who coming into the season we thought were going to be All-American caliber, Patrick O'Connell, Justin Ford, right? Those guys have performed. But those guys are the majority... Montana has so much less representation on the second and third team, I guess is what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. They they haven't had players develop to match and to fill in their roster after those stars who have performed up to expectation. And that's something that really struck me when I was watching uh when I was looking at when I was l- watching these teams come out, I guess I should say. As far as Robbie Hout goes, kind of ties into what my next thing was gonna be. The other thing that I really noticed on the first team, not a lot of Idaho guys. Yeah. They did get the receivers. They got the receivers, but Hayden Hatton was a lock. I mean, he's clearly the best receiver in the conference. I thought he could have been offensive MVP. He had better numbers than Scadaboo. Scadaboo's great, but I thought Hatton had the best numbers of anybody in the Big Sky Conference. He won the triple crown, and it wasn't just a triple crown. Like, I mean, it was a... a, uh, Eye-opening triple crown, to say the least. I mean, 15 touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns in 10 games. I think he's had... I, he didn't do much in the first couple games of the season. I mean, they were playing two Power 5 teams. Sure. I think he's had over 100 yards in something like eight straight games. And yes. he's had multiple touchdowns in like seven of those games, right? So he's great. But I think, you know, nobody here from the Idaho defense, Favai Favai, down on the second team here. Yep. And I guess if I was going to make one change, piggybacking off your point... You could drop Robbie Houck off the first team, drop Marte Mapu down as a defensive back here because he's yes. such a versatile player, yep. and find room for one of the Idaho linebackers, either Favai Favai or Paul Mawala, on this first team here. Last point here on the ESPN Roundtable, debating all Big Sky lists. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Um, I understand that the, from the league perspective, the, the teams need as much recognition as possible, no matter who you are saying you have all league players helps you. Uh, 
So if this was up to me, though, to sort of mitigate this, if you win two or less league games, you can't get any higher than honorable mention, no matter who you are on those teams. Unless maybe you're like a super-duper superb talent. Like Xavier Gilroy is definitely one of the best guys in the league. When you watch him, he's really, really good at Idaho State. So if there's a complete outlier, okay, maybe. But if you are just like a really good player who has good numbers at a school like UC Davis, or excuse me, like Cal Poly or, or Northern Colorado or, um, you know, Eastern Washington, get out of here. You're not anywhere higher than the, the honorable mention all big sky. Uh, in terms of maybe individual snubs from the Cats or the Grizz, I thought the, uh, the offensive lineman from the Cats could have got one step higher. I thought R.J. Fitzgerald would pop up somewhere on this list. They seem to have added a first-team All-League fullback for Derek Snell so that he could be on that first-team All-League and not share it at tight end with Marshall Martin. But they didn't have fullback anywhere else uh, on here. They also didn't have a long snapper. Usually there's All-League long snappers. Maybe it's because the long snappers had such a bad year in the Big Sky Conference. But I did think Tommy Sullivan of Montana State had a good year, so I thought that you know, as a preseason All-League guy, maybe he'd have a chance to be a postseason, but they didn't have the position uh, on there. And uh, I think that the one snub for the Grizzlies was Marcus Wellnell. I think Wellnell being all the way an honorable mention, you know, I understand that he sort of shares the spotlight with a lot of other guys, but he was in the top three in the league in tackles for loss. He's the second-leading tackler on the University of Montana and uh, he's been such an outstanding representative of their program, so I thought maybe he might be able to sneak their way on. And then the last point I'll make here uh, on the CSPN Roundtable before we transition to Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports is that twofold. One, when it comes to the quarterbacks, I thought it was striking, to say the least, that Lucas Johnson was nowhere to be found because that means that's not that no one voted for him, it's that they didn't nominate him. Because if you get nominated, you're probably going to end up on the honorable mention all-league team. And you have to imagine coaches would have voted for him, at least alongside Dylan McCaffrey, rather than over Dylan McCaffrey or Gunnar Talkington. So I think that that's indicative that he wasn't nominated, which we're not going to read into what that means. But the other point on the quarterbacks I would make is that I think that the it's a position that shows how bright the future is in the Big Sky Conference. Miles Hastings of UC Davis was first-team All-League as a sophomore. Ty Malott of Montana State, first-team All-League as a sophomore. And Giovanni McCoy, who was the freshman of the year uh, in the Big Sky this year from Idaho, he was third-team All-League as well. So you have three really young upstart guys uh, as your quarterbacks on the All-Big Sky team. Anything left to add, Andrew, before we get to Carolyn? No, Coulter, I think you nailed it. Marcus Wellnell jumped off the page to me as well, a guy who was just honorable mention, despite I think he's top 10 in the conference in both tackles and tackles for loss. So that's a tough one there. Uh, And then I guess the other thing for me would be, as bright as the future looks at quarterback, I didn't think this was quite as great a class of running backs uh, or maybe even wide receivers as we've seen in the league in a long time. It's uh, indicative of the way the league has shifted. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street. Great place to watch sports. Great place to gather with family and friends, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Food and drink specials seven days a week. Go check them out, Paradise Falls. Missoula's coolest hotspot. Here's Carolyn. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. The week is already winding down here at Nuana's now and uh, excited for a, a long weekend. We got to send you home with some laughs. Carolyn Chicken does no sports in studio with us here on Wednesday, leading up to the Thanksgiving holiday. 
Nice hat. Thanks. It's my uh, Nuanas Now hat or my ESPN hat. Yeah, we got new beanies. No uh, chick who doesn't know sports swag, but well, you know, maybe it's coming. Okay. Keep on doing great work. Keep okay. on getting high. Maybe ratings. I could get a bobblehead. <laughs> they couldn't even make a bobblehead for me. I already have one. That's true. Uh, yeah, those beanies are funny because uh, they are really, really nice. Yeah, they're very feminine. They're very feminine. I, I tried to give them to some of my guys over the weekend, and they were like, you should just save those for chicks. And I was like, okay. Yeah, give them to the chicks. Yeah. We have some chicks who listen, so maybe right. we could give some away. Well, and everybody that works here is a girl, I feel like, besides True. me. Well, I guess and Andrew and Tommy. And all the guys? And all the guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what's going on? Well... Um, <laughs> Let's start with my sports, which is I got to finally go skiing last week. She after. says finally, even though it's November. Right. Well, it's been a, it's been a, um, a long time since we skied. Yeah, was, Charon's a big skier. The worst part about the start of the ski season, though, is putting on your ski pants for the first time in like eight months. It's because you've been getting snatched. And my ski pants were tight. <laughs> okay. And when the pants don't fit, you must quit <laughs> eating. So now I have to starve myself on top of all the exercise I've been oh doing. Oh my God, stop. You do not need to starve yourself. It's not a real thing. Um, well, it was pretty sad. So We're all going to die and <laughs> we're all going to spend at least a third, if not half of our lives, way uglier than we used to be. So true. So just accept it. I was actually just thinking about the fact that I'm 47 now and I peaked 20 years ago. No way. Yes. You look great. I peaked though 20 years no, ago. No, it's easier to peak when you get older because your competition is way less. Your competition in your age bracket is way less. Sure, that's all that right, matters. But I'm no longer a aging, hot 27 year old. Yeah, but aging gracefully is like one of the most attractive things people can do. True, but I'm not going to age gracefully. Well, I'm, stop I'm not going down without a fight. Yeah, right. I'm going to drown you if you don't <laughs> if you don't stop this shenanigans. Uh, okay. you, you work out every day. You were, you showed up at work in your workout clothes yesterday, and I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm going to get snatched." I said, "What does that mean?" You thought I was going to, to get, get kidnapped. kidnapped at the gym when I was going to get snatched on the stair step. I don't know what that means. means getting skinny. That's such a bad slogan. This is what the kids are saying, okay? <laughs> I just need, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the thick of it with the teens. Trying and to so, get thick. Well, no, I'm trying to get unthick. <laughs> I'm too thick. It's in. No. Yes, it Not is. when your ski pants don't fit. No, whatever, man. All I got to say is, uh, I don't even know if I can say that. Okay. God bless whoever decided that the the, the trend was going to be girls working out, getting you know, snatched, spinning and lifting and squatting and all in. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Stay off the scale. If you feel good every day, who cares? True. That's a good point. Eat lots of protein, drink lots of water, stretch, and uh, feel good. Whatever. Well, I'm going to Hot House today at lunch, so yeah. hopefully I can do a nice sweat. Get, the, you know, they have uh, classes the next couple days? They do. They have um, one tomorrow at noon, Ooh. one on Thanksgiving at noon, Ooh. and then I think they have a couple on Friday, Nice. and then the weekend is, I think, back to normal schedule, hot house yoga. Nice. Well, yeah, go check yeah. them out. Uh, there's uh, also availability for, I think there's one class a day at down at the Hype House as well, where we've been- You said there was a 90-minute spin class uh, on Thanksgiving. turkey burn. I'm on the wait list for it. 90 minutes I'm of a little, spin? a little apprehensive if I actually get in, though. I don't know. I think my ADD would just go in overdrive. See, that's the thing I'm worried about is that 
you'd certainly get a second wind and a third wind. It's just a matter of actually being able to do one activity for... For 90 minutes. 90 minutes, Yeah, I right. don't think I could do it. But God God bless you. <laughs> I think they have two instructors even because they're going to like tag in and tag out. Yeah. Because it would be hard to teach for 90 minutes as yeah. well. Anyways, all sorts of options for your workouts over the uh, holiday weekend thanks to Hot House Yoga and the Hype House. As well as Elevate Nutrition and Nutrition on Reserve, two partnering stores that have... Uh, Keep us fueled up. I think that's one thing I definitely am going to do. Get a little protein base before the Thanksgiving. Maybe get a little energy shake uh, over there at uh, Elevate Nutrition. If you want to find out how they can help you with your nutrition and fitness goals, go visit Elevate Nutrition on Facebook. Do it. Okay. Stop complaining about your pants. What else you got? All right. I'm going to complain about the World Cup now. Oh, great. Here we go. Full of controversy. Uh, I, I actually... So Justin Angle, who's definitely one of the smartest people I know and certainly one of the smartest people that talks on this radio show, a University of Montana business professor, um, he and I had a pretty in-depth conversation about this yesterday on a business angle. And I was actually a little disappointed in myself that I hadn't followed this as closely until the World Cup started. I mean, Cutter got the the uh, bid for this in 2010. Yeah. And this has been a, a calamity across the board of human exploitation, human rights violations. Big time. All sorts 6, of... 6,500 migrant workers died building those fields. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't... I felt so dumb for not having actually even, like, considered any of this. Like, this is this, this is all my fault for being so uh, intrinsically American. Where, like, we just don't pay attention to anything else outside of Well, how of would America. we know? I mean, we wouldn't, no, totally, you know... But, like, you know... All it takes is a simple Google search to realize that Qatar is the size of Connecticut. Right. Like, there's only two million people that live there. You're going to host the World Cup? Like, the World Cup means a million people are coming to your place to watch. Right. I mean, it's the biggest global event that there is besides the Olympics. How much bribery do you think, how much was FIFA paid to yeah, do? Well, there, there's actually reported confirmation that at least three members of the FIFA board were paid at least seven figures. So that's a million dollars at least. To pick Qatar. Qatar. Well, let's talk about it. So oh, we had talked <laughs> I a shouldn't little, laugh. It's just so ridiculous. Well, we had talked a little bit about it a few months ago about the fact that, you know, there's so many rules to living and to being in in a Muslim country. Yeah. One of which is no drinking, no public intoxication. Mm. And one of the deals was with Budweiser, who I believe... It, it's a $75 million sponsorship or something like that. Okay. But the deal is that they would get to sell their beer in this in the stadiums. Yeah. And two days before the World Cup st- started, they're like, mm, nope, sorry. However, there will be some drinking stations <laughs> around town. So you can still go to like some beer gardens, but you just can't <sighs> drink beer while you watch the game. Man, I can't imagine that even lasts. Like, do you ever watch John Oliver? No. John Oliver is like a disciple of Stephen Colbert and, yeah, and John Stewart, I know, yeah. and he's got his HBO show now, which is hilarious because it's on HBO, so he can just he can, yeah. say all the words, and it's just so funny. But he was analyzing this, and uh, they did a cut into a, a, a journalist that was like there on site covering the World Cup, and they, they asked him, how are conditions over there for journalists? And he's like, oh, it's okay, and then all of a sudden... Seriously, it was like in real time, it was totally circumstantial, but he was surrounded by a bunch of men in golf carts that were like trying to break the cameras and yada, yada. Really? So, I mean, if they're not even letting you take pictures and photography and stuff, I really highly doubt they're, I mean, all I'm saying is if you're over there and you like go to a little beer garden outside the stadium and then you're walking around with the beer, you better have your head on a swivel. You, you're going to jail for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, I wouldn't even go. I mean, this 
it sounds like a disaster. They've they have so many rules they that it just doesn't even sound like it's enjoyable. Uh-huh. The um they brought in cruise ships because they don't have enough hotels to house all these people For that sure. are visiting. So they have two huge cruise ships plus they made these sort of it's like reminds me of Fire Festival, like these oh, tent, sure. this tent city thing, which doesn't seem very safe. But it's safe. like not even in tents. It's like in storage units. Yes. It's like shipping containers that are well, they turned also into did, little Well, they rooms. also did some tents. Um, oh, by the way, it's like 100 degrees there all the time. Yeah. It just sounds miserable. Oh, oh and then it disrupted the so- the European soccer season because normally the World Cup is in the summer, but because right. of the seat, the temperature there, they had to do it it's now. It's 125 to 130 degrees in the summer months. Yeah, there. so it's eighty about 86 there now, so so much better. So anyway, much better. I'm just... It's, I, it's, it's a really disappointing situation because it's brought so much controversy to the World Cup, which is supposed to be a really fun and exciting thing. The other thing, you're not allowed to wear any symbols of LBGTQIA+. For sure. So no rainbow, nothing. And so a couple of people tried to wear some in and they got stopped. You know, all of these things, I just feel like we sh- we shouldn't be celebrating this kind of this kind of stuff. And it all know. comes it down just, to the biggest storyline in this, and that is that uh, FIFA is among, if not the most corrupt sports organization on the planet. Right. And the fact is that, see, I get all the way down the rabbit hole on this kind of stuff because on one hand, I totally understand why people have a proximity bias. Like they they only can, can really consume what's around them, and you can only really consume what you're fed. But I also then wonder why is it that the American condition is so catered to feeding us only things that are... In other words, most people in America don't have any idea that FIFA is corrupt Mm -hmm. because we don't care about soccer, because we're not the best about soccer. But instead, we sit there and we scream and yell about Tom Brady. And I mean, most people that you could say, what do you think of NFL owners? They'd be like, oh, you know, a bunch of grungy, you know, grimy old rich exploitative white guys right and mm-hmm. it's just it's just weird to me that we we what we're fed is what we worry about and we're not fed some things that are actually maybe even more important like what is the motivation for Qatar getting the world cup it's the same controversy as like the live tour it's the same controversy right. as middle eastern oil tycoons Blood money. exactly taking right. over the world right it's weird. Did you also really know that the honestly. host country automatically gets a spot in the World Cup? I do. So if now I think they have a pretty decent soccer team well, now, they, but well, they, when they yeah. bid for the World Cup, I don't think they did. That's right. They also uh, lost their opener, which was the first time a host country has lost their opener in uh, like two generations or something like that. What do you mean opener? Like the first game. Oh, because usually they give. Oh, the, they lost. Usually, got it, got they, it, got usually it. Okay. they have the host country play the first game, the first and they game. usually give them an easy game so they can win in front of all their right. people. And they and lost. They lost. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm um, the only soccer I watch is when my kid plays, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be really watching. But it's interesting, and it's I guess it is shedding light on some major issues in the world, and that's always a good thing. So, chicken doesn't know sports. ESPN Radio, our good friend Carolyn in studio. We'll have more on the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports back after this.
for unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Welcome back. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Happy almost end of November. Crazy. A nuance now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Our good friend Carolyn joining us in studio to make you happy and laugh on uh, right leading up to your Thanksgiving holiday. Okay, uh, your pants don't fit, and the World Cup's corrupt. What else you got? Zach Wilson. Oh, buddy. Fired. Yeah. Well, kind of benched, but yes. Benched. Because maybe he needs to go date another one of his mom's. That's friends. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> he's got more time now to maybe. Is there a cougar? Is there a team? The Cougars? Is there a coo- <laughs> no. like that would be funny? No, there's okay. the Panthers. Okay. Well, I guess I just wanted you guys to know that the memes about it about him are hilarious. So just go check those out wherever you find your memes because they're all making fun of him and how he looks like an elf. Well, this is uh, this is a story with many layers because Zach Wilson was. A controversial pick as a first-round pick, for sure, um, at BYU. Because he's, he's okay, but he was not the, the prestige of many guys that go in the first round as a quarterback. But then he also comes with all of this tabloid baggage, and then he happens to land in the, the pit of the tabloids in New York. And then he gets hurt early and then comes back and the Jets play well and then he plays like trash and then he lacks accountability in the press conferences. I don't know what I think of them pulling the plug on him so early. I mean, he only he's a rookie quarterback. They only gave him a chance to fail for like two weeks. More than anything, I think it's his inability to manage the off-the-field stuff. Like last week, his press conference was embarrassing. He didn't take any accountability. The Jets are great on defense. He's not any good. He didn't play any good the last couple weeks. But he didn't take any accountability for it. You know, you'd think one of these moms that he's boning would like be able to guide him a little bit better and, and oh, teach him man. how to behave. I mean, no? I just got an awesome powers in my head. Oh, behave. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, okay. I really don't know. Uh, it's so funny to me. Like, there's always this notion. Because we really, in America, we have this... this uh, sort of antiquated but still consistent view that merit is so important. People that have done a job for a super long time, they just know better than you how to do a job, right? Mm-hmm. And we think about this in professional sports all the time. The owners and the coaches know way more about football than the guy who sits on the radio and talks about it. We're like led to believe because they have money and power and influence and experience that they do know. It is 0% surprising to me that Zach Wilson is a disaster. It is, I have thought it was a disaster from the day that they drafted him. Yeah. Like, you can't draft the pretty boy quarterback out of the non-Power 5 conference and then put him on a pedestal in New York City and think this is going to work. I'm not saying it's all the way over for this kid. He still have, could have... I mean, we're only halfway into year, year one. So He's just a, grounded. It's okay. I know. I, it's just funny, though, because we've seen this over yeah. and over and over again where, like, NFL executives, they try to convince themselves... 
of what guys, especially quarterbacks, what they could be rather than who they are. Like, if it was just about the guy who was the best quarterback in college football getting drafted, that would be so linear, and it's never like that. There's always at least one guy every year that's picked who wasn't good in college that people are like, he's going to be good in the NFL when we get Why to coaching. Why do you think that is? Because they are so upset. They're so egotistical about their ability to coach and develop guys. Got it. But they're just like, we're going to make this guy. So in. they think they can mold Usually it's because the guy has an intangible element. Like, especially with quarterbacks, it's usually because he has a super, super strong arm. Mm. But it's like, if this guy can throw the ball a country mile like Uncle Rico, and <laughs> he wasn't good in the Mountain West... How is he going to be good right. in the NFL? Like the level is so great. Whereas then they then they always scrutinize the opposite side. Like, ooh, this guy from Alabama, who's the best quarterback in the country, he was just surrounded by a bunch of good guys, so he's not going to be that good in the NFL because the talent isn't going to be as disproportionate. It's like you guys are crazy. The guy who was good is going to be good. Just believe it. It's almost always true. I wish they'd listen to you. I, I mean, they could save themselves a lot of heartache. That's if they, true. Uh, if they would, Chicken doesn't know sports. Here on ESPN Radio, presented by Buff City Soap. What else you got going? All right. Wimbledon is finally going to relax their all-white clothing for women. I don't know if you remember, in the summer, there were some women that were pretty upset because, you know, there's times of your month where you don't want to be wearing white. And you can't tie a sweater around your waist at Wimbledon. You just, you know, you got to show it all. So they're allowing um, the ladies to wear darker I called them lollies when I was a kid, but you know, like the little undershorts. Yeah. So um, it's a step in the right direction. I'm pretty excited for these girls because I think that takes an anxiety out of an element away from when you're playing some tennis. Well, there you go. That's good. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add? This seems pretty cut and dry. No, I just wanted funny. to see if I could make you uncomfortable well, talking about <laughs> No, that's something. I mean, it's just life. It's just, I know. It's just, just what happens. So um, one last thing I thought you'd really enjoy is that Antonio Brown posted a <sighs> oh photoshopped God. picture of um, Giselle oh my naked. Stop. But it wasn't her body. It was her f- head on someone else's body, and he photoshopped it Stop. and posted it, and he took it down. But, yeah. Man. <laughs> Why does if, he hate? I mean, if I was Tom Brady, I would go beat him. To but why? Senseless. Why is he doing this to Tom Brady? I mean, I think it's hilarious. But I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I mean, when when Antonio Brown went to Tampa Bay, he lived with them. What? For a little while. Like Tom Brady, like took him in because Antonio Brown's like this scorned man, and like he like stayed with Tom Brady for a little while before he got on his feet. What? Which, for, by the way, if a guy that has made fifty million dollars in his life, it needs a friend to help him get on his feet when he moves. It's like you got some serious issues, man. Like you, right? So there's stuff going on if you can't figure out how to like move to California or move to Florida when you have you know you've been an all pro player for ten years. But anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't realize this. I just still don't think that she hooked up with him, but I, I just think it's crazy that he has been like publicly trolling them yeah. and neither one of them has even acknowledged it. Well, I think that's what you have to do is, you know, ignore it. Yeah. But I also feel like there's not even, not even been any questions about it. Like even if you ignored it, you'd think there'd be like the one snippet of a reporter asking Tom Brady about Antonio Brown and him just not saying anything, but still there'd be like a clip of him. Like, do you think the they question. were a throuple at one point? Oh my gosh. Is it too far? I'm grossed out. Okay, I'm just asking. Am I going to make your mom mad again? <laughs> she was so mad at me last week. Uh, she called us sophomoric, and I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, 
Uh, Chicken does know sports. Your favorite sophomore humor. What else you got? Um, Cristiano, what? Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo, yes. Quit. Uh, he left Man United. That's right, Manchester United. And right. uh, he basically said on a podcast or an interview he feels disrespected. Yeah. And so disrespected, they only paid him one hundred and seventy-five million. Yeah, a year. I don't know what he's only the highest-paid athlete. In his history problem of is, but um, he he's gone. So they they severed ties. So Cristiano Ronaldo now yeah. thirty-seven years old. Maybe time to retire. Uh, here's what he's probably going to do. Well, first of all, is he dating anybody? I think he's married. Mm. Yeah, he's married. Okay, because I was wondering if he was just going to pull a David Beckham and move to America. Um, and just play in possibly. The, play in the MLS. That like, would be great. So that's the sad part about American soccer is like the really good guys on the global level, they just come to the MLS to play to for retire. the last couple years yeah. of their career because they're like, oh, we're old, but like we can go play with Americans. Yeah. And we're still going to be better than them. For sure. <laughs> um, no, I don't know, but uh, he seemed really sad. Made me kind of sad, but... Hmm. He's like such a machine. I can't imagine him having emotion. Well, I just saw a picture and he just looked a little sad. Uh-huh. Well, probably looked beautiful as well. I mean, he looked like a beautiful, sad man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy. Yeah. Some people just get all the blessings. All right. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, well, we uh, we made the family decision to just do like, a, we, we just do like already pre-sliced turkey. Oh. Instead of the big one. Okay. And then we go full prime rib. Like deli meat? No. Oh. But like, <laughs> you know, you can just get like the quarter of a turkey like sliced oh. off and then you just okay. kind of like broil it. Oh. Or even like grill it. Okay. Instead of like the no, four yeah, hour do the big full turkey bird. thing. Right. Okay. And then you don't have like, I mean, you know how it goes. Even if you really like turkey, like. Yeah. You can only sudden, have so much on, turkey. All of a sudden you're like on your 17th turkey meal by Agreed. Sunday and you're like, get this out of here. I Agreed. don't want the sandwich with the brown meat. So we just do a little bit of that and then okay. the big prime rib. Oh, look at you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm, and that's, mm-hmm. so that would be your, what's your favorite side dish? Man. I don't know. Hmm. Martinelli's. Sparkling cider. Really? Oh yeah. I do. I should pick up a bottle I'm of that for my kiddos. I'm definitely getting drunk on Martinelli's with my nephews. Okay, sweet. I'm drinking a whole bottle of Martinelli's. Yeah, gross. I know. <laughs> you gonna throw some vodka in there? <laughs> no, or? definitely no. not. Okay. Just straight Martinelli's. All right, sweet. Yeah, yeah, my kids yeah, yeah. love that. I got. Also, I not a big drinker that. on Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm not a big drinker at all anymore. But uh, certainly on Thanksgiving, I don't like the drinking. Why? Because it's too inconsistent. Like, if you catch a buzz before dinner, then you, you just yeah. eat yourself sick, and then you fall asleep, and then you wake up, and it's still, like, not even bedtime, and you're, like, hungover. What time do you eat? Are you, like, are you a noon family? No, or we, guys- we do, like, the three, four. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. We do, like... But if you, like, start... If you day drink... Yeah. That's why I don't day drink and ever. Then, and then you eat. Yeah. You sleep. Yeah. But then you wake up at, like, 7.30, and you're like, well, shoot, now, now we'll be awake for, like, four hours, but I, now it's I'm so for- full, I don't want to get re-drunk. Right. It hurts. I don't day drink generally anyway. <laughs> so yeah. we drink it about, I mean, we drink, we eat it about four or five on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you go drink with meal and then drink after meal? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. I prefer to drink after my meal. The other thing is like, as far as drinking with meals, I never really like that either. Like. Hmm. Oh, because you don't drink wine really. I like wine with meal. Yeah. But wine with Thanksgiving sounds gross. Oh, you're crazy. You drink red wine with Thanksgiving? Yes. <laughs> I drink Not red only, wine I mean, like all the sparkling time. white wine would be nice. No. But no. Yuck. No. No white wine. Yuck. Gross. Reds only. If mm. anyone's looking to buy me wine, mm. red wine only. 
Um, What's Buff City Soap got going? Oh, my gosh. This Friday through Monday oh my gosh. at Buff City Soap, everything in the store is 20% off. Shower oils, lotion bars, body butters, bath bombs, 20% off. Wow. Locally owned and operated in the Northgate Plaza North Reserve. Um, they will also, if you call them, they will put together a gift basket and ship it out for you from Missoula. So wow. you can send Montana gifts to people nice. from right here in Montana in Missoula Very at cool. Buff City Soap. Buff City Soap, no, yep. located over there at Northgate Plaza, locally owned and operated and proud sponsor of Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports. Happy Thanksgiving, Carolyn. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll be right back. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Oh, a little clash for you to wind down your week. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We are not on the air tomorrow or on Friday. We'll be back at it on Monday, and we will have an even more clear FCS playoff picture. Three Big Sky Conference teams will play Win and, win and advance, lose and you go home games. So we'll have plenty of coverage for you on Monday. If you missed anything in today's show, we talked all things FCS playoffs with Sam Herter of Hero Sports. We also talked with Ty Gregorak, longtime assistant coach on either side of the Montana-Montana State rivalry and now the uh, color commentator for the television broadcast for Montana State football games. We also talked some Grizz hockey and uh, we debated the all-big sky teams that were released earlier today. And we hear from the Chicken Does No Sports. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Also got to say thanks to Ryan Holloway and Miller, who usually sponsors our Hulk highlights. Uh, we won't get that in this week because that's usually a feature on our Thursdays. Uh, but thanks to Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Also have to say thank you to Vance Thompson Vision for helping you see across the sideline all season long. We efforted uh, Southeast Missouri head coach, uh, and he was unable to join us, so uh, we'll, we'll catch up with him after the game. He'll be worth interviewing whether his team wins or loses. So uh, we'll have plenty of updates on there as well. A uh, lot to be thankful for, a lot of, to give gratitude toward and for. And uh, I, for one, feel very blessed and thankful to uh, live in the wonderful city of Missoula, to live in the wonderful state of Montana, and to get to spend time with all of you every, every single day. So I hope all of you have awesome Thanksgiving plans. Take a load off, relax, don't get too stressed out. Don't worry what you're going to eat. I mean, who cares, man? You only live once. Have the piece of pie, I promise. It'll be just fine. It'll do your body and your heart and your soul good. Hope everybody has time to just relax, relax reflect uh, all those good things, and I, for one, very much looking forward to this upcoming holiday weekend. We will be back at it in full football mode still next Monday with the Montana Football Hour. Uh, so we will catch up with you then. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, and be good. We'll see you on Monday. This has been... 
Nuan is now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 Advocates. Dot com. 